All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Nefesh podcast, episode 12. And I'm so excited to have my friend Matt Reveal here with us. It always sounds funny saying your last name because it's spelled like vile, vile. But yeah, it's kind of what I am. No. You know <laughs> Matt Reveal with us, and uh, I'm excited to to journey with him as sharing his soul story. And, um, you know, you've, you've lived a a whole life, it feels like, and you're still very young. I, I, all the experiences that you have had, uh, been married, divorced, have a kid, um, hopefully another marriage very soon on the way, hopefully. Um, and, there's just been a lot of experiences for you. You're, you're kind of a wise soul in, um, in a, in a young person's body. Do you feel pretty young? Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm still under 40, so I guess I, that is considered young. Are, and, are any of your joints like aching yet or? Well, they've been aching since 25, at least. <laughs> Sports does not play well on your body. And so, uh, I had a few knee injuries growing up playing baseball. Um, and so, you know, the knees are really creaky, a little really poppy. And then no, I, I get, I have carpal tunnel and I have uh, arthritis in some of my fingers. It's, oh my goodness. No, yes, now you're just Maybe complaining. it is time that I, uh, I got to start maybe planning my will and testament. <laughs> pick a spot. Now you're just complaining. Well, so Matt, I want you, there's a lot that I, I know you could share and all, um, I, a lot, a lot that I would love to get into, um, you know, take us back on, on what your journey has been like as you've, you've come to faith and even now, as you explore your calling to ministry and, uh, what that looks like, you're asking a lot of really great theological questions that I don't think we allow ourselves to explore. So, um, you know, what was your life like growing up? What has brought you to, what have been your life experiences that have brought you to where you are? And can you sum that up in one sentence? <laughs> uh, it's been a wild roller coaster that's still going. It's like that twirly roller coaster, if you think about it. It's if it spends enough times that I think it's like seven loops or something like yes. that would actually tell you. <laughs> so I think I'm on one of those roller coasters. I just love my life, but. <laughs> it's, ride. it's up and down it, it's full of lots of exciting uh twists and turns but it's been it's been good i mean i'm enjoying it um do you actually want me to go through my life a little bit or just keep yeah, it up? take us back you so you you didn't know your your dad you uh it's just you and your sister right you're twins yeah um and you didn't have uh, unfortunately this becomes a common tale you know the dad isn't in the picture and and your dad um wasn't around from a certain age um and that was pretty impacting on your life i know you you your mom and your aunt um they're really close to your aunt who passed away last year unfortunately uh from was it from covid no she passed away from um she had kidney failure oh that's right that's right but I mean, it was just kind of a smaller family. And so what were some of those, I don't know, shaping, defining moments from in childhood? You know, my childhood, I was not raised. Uh, I was raised in with Christian belief, but not with 
Christian value. Like uh, we weren't, we didn't go to church. We, I mean, we were, we were the CEO type, you know, the Christmas Easter only. Yeah. Christians uh, growing up I used to hate it because my uncle would try to get me to go do Royal Rangers and, and all that other fun stuff. That's a true Assemblies of God person right there. Royal Rangers, my goodness. I was a missionette. See, yeah. So I I, I, uh, I hated every moment of it. Uh, so <laughs> I never wanted to go. And so I never really wanted to to actually be at church. But there was there were still, you know, things that were intriguing about about God, about um just Jesus and, and the basic understanding of what, you know, what happened. And so it wasn't until, you know, lots of different experiences in my life, you know, going through marriage and having a child. It was when, right before my son was born. Um, that's when I got saved. Uh, wow. It was kind of, why I was 29. And, you know, um, my ex-wife or my wife at the time, she, she she was a churchgoer, but she wasn't a dedicated like she wasn't a diehard churchgoer. But she went, she went, you know, more often than twice a year. Um, so she asked if I wanted to go and visit her old pastor, and so I decided to go, and I enjoyed it. And we went a few times, and it wasn't until maybe my fourth time that I really kind of felt that tug that a lot of people talk about that tug towards um an answer to a lifelong question you know um <clears throat> i dealt with adhd which was misdiagnosed early on as depression um i have high anxiety so i dealt with that you know all through my 20s and um it was it was just that that nagging thing behind me and i almost just felt like someone was there when I when I got saved I felt like I had that like someone were grabbing my shoulders and just saying in a nice way in a nice way like a comforting way that uh Jesus has me you know mm. he's like you just got to keep going keep moving forward I got I got you and and I, I felt a sense of calm a sense of comfort and I was just ready to dedicate my life it was and so, you know, when the pastor did his altar call, it was really kind of a weak altar call, but we won't go into the, <laughs> into that, nope, into that too much. Um, mainly because some pastors are just like, Hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand. And then, well, everybody's heads are bowed. And I, I like to celebrate that. So I never bowed my head, but this You'd time. You'd be looking around. You'd be oh, looking yeah, around like, whoever around. Who gave their life? Who's doing it right now? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been wanting to do this no um so that day, that moment i you know i raised my hand and went to the altar and got prayed for and and so then i just started kind of just reading my bible and and being a, a church goer not a not a a deep learner of 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 christianity and you know i happened to get my job at sum started there as a graphic designer um, and to move my way into, you know, multiple different roles. And, and, and it was at when, uh, SUM, uh, they, every year they used to do a, um, 
an outreach, an evangelism outreach to Mardi Gras uh, in New Orleans. And we would go there, we'd go out to the street and we would get to evangelize on the, on the street. It was my first time experiencing that. So it was, it was there when I actually got that, that call, that tug towards mm-hmm. ministry it's like you you know you know what you're where your heart is we know what you know I, I god god knew that i was so dedicated with this idea of being uh, a foster parent and really you know i just remember getting prayed for getting slain down in the spirit which is a weird feeling in itself uh, but then just seeing the stage and and really getting a sense that I belong on the stage sharing my story, similar to what I'm doing now, but wow. in more in a more uh, Christian <laughs> uh, pastoral way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of it. And so I've been pursuing that, and I'm getting closer every day uh, to get through it. You know, when- but. You mentioned uh, getting hired at, at SUM, so that uh, SUM Bible College. Um, you, in the interview, uh, the, the two people who were interviewing you, they gave you a question. It was some ethical question. What was the question they asked you? They were really impressed by it. Uh, do you remember it? Yeah, yeah, I do. It was, um, the question was kind of just testing to see how I would answer this. I, I don't understand what you're tra- what they were trying to get from it unless you were just trying to just drag out the interview i don't know but the question was <laughs> the question was because you know they always questioned my salvation all the way up until the day i decided well, maybe i graduate i don't know maybe they stopped <laughs> at graduation uh, at graduation we'll ask you Matt, really, are you saved, right? And then we'll yeah, get you to Yeah, maybe I'll get saved there. I'll just like <laughs> be laid out and then the chancellor's going to have to drag me off. Uh, so the question that they asked me uh, was, um, if you're driving a two-seater car, specifically two seats, and you're driving and you pull up to a bus stop and you look at the bus stop and you have your best friend there that you haven't seen for 10 years your future wife and then someone that is needing to go to the hospital and they're saying who do you give a ride to and so you know i don't know what this ethical thing is like i don't know what they're trying to measure but um the my my i was like oh okay so i said well i'm just gonna give my keys to my best friend that I haven't seen in 10 years, tell him we'll get caught up later, have him take the person that is going to be needing to go to the hospital. And I'm just going to hang out with my future wife. <laughs> and so they, they all enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, um, I love it. Well, and I, I, I doubt they had gotten an answer to that, to that question from somebody else, but it shows me two things. Number one, like your, your mind is so quick. Um, I don't know whether ADD, um, is it ADD or ADHD that you have? ADHD. It's, ADHD. The, it's, it's, the, it's the hyperdrive one. <laughs> I don't know if that gives you like super intelligence, like that's your, your superpower. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to come up with a quick answer like that. But it also shows, I mean, you were able to really look at the situation and, and not only identify the priority, get this man to the, to the hospital, 
but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, being able to hang out with your future spouse, right? Like you, you were able to, it was a win-win, right? It was a, that's pretty good. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that's kind of how I answered it and how, um, and, and they really enjoyed it. And I, I don't know if I'm going to say that got me the job, but it probably got me the job. <laughs> probably like, well, at least we know he can think on his feet. Well, and so, I mean, again, I think people who maybe prior to your time enrolling as a student at, at this Bible college, they may have looked at you and said, yeah, he's, he's very smart. He's, he's got, you know, these, uh, this graphic arts degree or whatever it is, and uh, very creative. I don't know that they would have looked at you uh, unless they really saw you, but to see the, the the depth that's there and the capability, the ability that God has given you that he had, you know, had, he had been preparing you from, from the time you were born, obviously for, for this next chapter of your life, your calling to ministry. Um, And I know again, kind of, you know, life has not necessarily been, been the easiest for you. There have been struggles that you've, you've had to overcome. I know, um, getting a divorce that was that was a real challenge for you um, yeah and it was a real challenge I'd, I uh, I didn't share that with a lot of people I worked with even at when I started at SUM because it wasn't long it was it wasn't long after the divorce started that I, I got the job um, you know uh, and there was even still hope that the, that it wouldn't have ended that the relationship could have carried through and we could have worked it out. But, you know, it, it new revelations come up and you start kind of start making those choices. So yeah. I had to live, I, I hate using the term, but I had to live this double life of like mm. being someone that is just normal while having everything inside of me, just like my whole world feel like it was just falling apart. Wow. Uh, and so you know, and like I said, I wasn't, I didn't really dive into some of the, some of the spiritual formation aspects of of Christianity until later. So prayer and, and things like that, I did it, but it was, it was just a new refreshing way of understanding that I just needed a little fine tuning really to kind of maybe I could have healed faster from that and been more able to accept it. But at the time it was hard. It was really difficult. Yeah. Looking back now. So seeing your, seeing your, seeing your life and and looking backwards, how would you minister to somebody like you today? Oh, I mean, it's, it's as easy. I mean, what I would do is, we would acknowledge that we would acknowledge the, the scriptures in the Bible first that talk mm-hmm. about divorce, but but there's also there are a brighter scriptures in there that kind of take this idea of like there is I believe Jesus speaks on on divorce as, as well as saying as you know that it's not as it's not terrible if it, right. if the circumstances match right you know a situation and and it was like it's really comes down to like if you feel 
that God is really leading you in this way, right? Then, then I would say like, give it to God, you know, mm-hmm. take it to Jesus, pray about it, really find out how you, you can connect one with him Two, right. The other thing is maybe he can shine light on something that you need to you know, work on on yourself or mm-hmm. something that needs to be corrected in your own self, because you're not a failure. I mean, yeah. Edison, Edison said that you, he failed a thousand times before he had a success. Right. And I mean, it's those type of things, but I would show them in the Bible that the favor of God is on those that believe. And yeah. as long as you keep belief in your faith right. in Jesus, the pressures are going to come, the overwhelming stress of life, this fallen world that, that a lot of people talk about are going to, they're always going to come at you and yeah. And so, but just remember that the favor of God is for the righteousness. Mm. And that's how, you know, I just remind them that and, and kind of see if we can get them to be excited about just the opportunity to be alive. Yeah. Almost. So. Well, and you and I have had many, many conversations over the, over the years about, you know, a lot of things, a lot of the ways that, um, at, at times we have Christians have failed, uh, Christians have failed the world have, you know, have failed each other to really mm-hmm. reflect God's love in all situations and, and, yeah. and the hypocrisy and, you know, acknowledging our own hypocrisy in <laughs> acknowledging the bigger hypocrisies. Um, but you, your, I, I, one of the things that I appreciate about you is that you are able to approach even theology and scripture from a from a different perspective as one even though you kind of went to church church christianity the bible it wasn't central to your life and so you're approaching it later in life but uh mm-hmm. with a with a real thirst and a desire to learn to know and to um and not necessarily accepting everything that you hear at face value or that you read you're you're analyzing it. And so, you know, we've gotten into theological discussions and questions. And um, even now you're in some theology classes that are, are yeah, where yeah. you're asking the, challenging questions. This is my is, second theology class, I think. Is it? So what is that like for you? What is this experience um, right now as you're approaching and challenging and shaping your own theology? What is that like? Um, you know, the one, what it's like for me is, it's, I think that the one thing that I've noticed and maybe, and, and this is, and I, I kind of was talking to, uh, others about this a couple of days ago, um, at my church is why are we as Christians afraid to ask why? I mean, yeah. afraid to ask questions like, understanding just to kind of dive in deeper um i mean i've asked questions that as complex as explain to me why modalism is is heretical when it can make sense when you describe the trinity to someone but and so and like these type of questions i i just want to know and you know and it's because not because i'm trying to find the hypocrisy in the religion of in the christianity religion it's because 
God asks us to really seek him. Mm. I mean, he wants, he wants us to know him as much as he wants to know us. Right. And that's how I feel. I mean, when I read Psalm 139, um, that's how I feel mm. David is writing to the Lord is like, you, I want you to know me, get to know me and really understand who I am. Yeah. And he breaks down all these different ways saying you're everywhere. And I want you to know me, but in contrast to that, Paul in first Corinthians chapter two, he, he speaks on that idea of like knowing a person's spirit is like knowing God, God's spirit. Mm -hmm. And, and so how we can get to know God is through his spirit and get to understand it. So asking questions is one of those things that God wants us to do. He wants us to seek him. Right. And to understand him. And, and I think, so my approach when it comes to like my theology courses is, you know, we, we, we hang on to doctrine stronger than we hang on, you know, some of the word in some, in some cases, I would say. Um, and, and so like these doctrines, these ideas, I, I'm not going to say it as though it's a negative way, but they're coming from men trying to understand God. Mm. And that's why they create these doctrines, these ideas. Um, you know, when you read the tenets of faith from, uh, from assemblies of God, even all the way back to the Nicene creed, when you're looking at these, these people talking about just try how to, how to explain the Trinity to someone. Right. So they come up with this creed that they're all going to say, but then there was controversy in that there was controversy that they had to add more to it. Right. And it's like, these aren't, these are, I mean, they're probably delivered by God. They, I mean, they, these people probably came up with it through prayer and fasting and understanding of the word. But sometimes you kind of step back and go, what if we get, what if we get to heaven one day and we tell them, Hey, I read the Nicene Creed and God goes the what? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then he's like, oh, oh, and you have to explain that to God. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I think asking questions, really digging into the word, digging into scripture. And also when you hear something a Christian says, go to the scripture. See if you can find something that backs up what they're saying and is actually that way you're kind of going to what we what we believe is truth. Hmm. what has been for you what has been your biggest challenge as you have as you have pursued Christ as you have um as you have acknowledged this call to ministry um I think my biggest question or my biggest issue when it comes to my pursuit is it's not it's not my actual faith in Christ mm. it's it's really comes down to like the unity in, in Christ we all every Christian across this country hammers for unity hammers for a unified church but we're quick to to criticize our brother criticize our sisters criticize our leaders in the church um without and and so it's like my biggest struggle is being fairly new 
in the church is, you know, like it's trying to help these other old, old timers. I was saying <laughs> the, the, the long, the long lifers, the ones that have been in since Sunday school, helping them get rid of some of those bad teachings from Sunday school, hmm. you know, really helping them. And, and so that's been the struggle. It's like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you break up the bad doctrine or teaching from Sunday school? And, and just really explain to him what Potiphar, Potiphar's wife is. <laughs> You've heard bad doctrine on Potiphar's wife? No, Potiphar. but you hear them say hugging and kissing. It's like, I think she wanted a little bit more than that. I mean, we're <laughs> <a little> all dangerous. <laughs> Give Joseph a lot more credit than just dodging someone. <laughs> so what do you see? Do you see that those, that, that the unity, the lack of the unity in the, in the, the global church is, is one of our biggest challenges. No, I, I would say it's our, it, mainly in the national, the U S national uh, church. Uh, mm. I see that the global community of Christians, it, it's been amazing to kind of watch it, experience it, you know, from afar. I mean, I don't really get to partake in it, but the idea of, just the pure love that comes out of some of the some of these churches what their goals with just sharing the faith through action so faith you know and and through works and through actual just the gospel sharing it's amazing because these people are being affected and getting to know christ and what i feel is like personally that we have too many celebrity pastors too many people wanting that recognition of being a christian mm. not actually walking out that christian life or mm. trying to really be that that servant leader that we're called to be right um so i i think that it it's not we're not too far gone because just from my classes and the people that i've been in in classes with you can see that there's a lot of people that share that value, that share that sen sentiment, mm. especially those going into youth ministry, which I condemn. I mean, I commend them because I can't, I, I would never want to be a, a youth pastor. There'd be too many children getting injured from. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you did a whole, you did a whole Freudian slip there. You said you condemned them. I know, I condemn. <laughs> <laughs> I would never condemn them to youth ministry. <laughs> But I, I, I see, I do see it, that it's slowly changing, but I think it's because they're starting to see that the experience of Christianity is not as, or is probably more important right now than the actual, like, factual truth behind Christianity. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, the other thing I kind of mentioned into my professor is another question that's come up is why isn't the church embracing post-modernity more yeah. Yeah. because it is an opportunity to really show people the power of Christ, the power yeah. of the gospel, instead of just standing on a corner with a sign that says, you're going to go to hell. Why don't we, show them what, what Christ has called us to do and like really embrace that idea of experience of this radical 
idea of spirituality that we don't have to be like fully on the post-modernity bandwagon, but I think embracing some of those ideas can really be spark a huge growth, especially Pentecostalism. Pentecostalism is an experience-based, you know, denomination, in my opinion. Right. It it's like this new it's the new, you know, what was it talking about? I was saying that the Reformation was was vital back when it when it happened, but we always need to be reforming. Mm. I think we always need to be progressive as Christians. It's not in a negative way, but we need to look at how is Christ you know progressing with newer technologies and understandings and 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 just learning styles. I mean, I think that's a great point. I think. I think, you know, even the revivals that we see historically since even the Reformation, but especially in the U.S., all those, the great awakenings and, um, you know, movements essentially where, where there is a reimagining, a re-experiencing of God and his presence. And, um, you know, John, John Wesley's experience, very much experienced the, the, the strange, the strange warming of his heart as he describes it. Um, that, that it's not that God grows stale. It's that our understanding of him grows stale, right? As humans, or it's like our cobwebs in our brain that they just needs, we need, a, a like a fresh, I think people would suggest a fresh experience of, of God. So what do you think is, so in speaking about post-modernity and kind of a, a refreshing or a renewing or a reforming, um, what part of the church today, again, do you feel like needs that? Is it is it um, a not holding on to uh, dogmatism or doctrine? Is it not? Is it being unified? Is it? What are some things? What are some things that you see? I think what I see, like where we need to change, because I I don't even think that the 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 some of the doctrines are need to change i think that we need to start really looking at how those doctrines fit culture um you know i don't think that we need to become uh the same person like we'd all we all are we already know that we're trying to be more christ-like so that's that's our ultimate goal is to become Christ-like. I think what what you kind of experience and and then read about and then just kind of looking at you know some of the statistics that come come with it, but you kind of look at the younger generations are not losing faith. No, They're not losing no. spirituality. They still believe that there's some kind of higher power and and there there's so what they're what what I think needs to change is actually the church, not, not the theologians, the theologians, they're giving us the tools, like understand this is, we can see the progression because they give us the progression. They show us what Augustine went through and how he wrestled with it. Mm. And, you know, Anselm, and then we see how, you know, how Martin Luther wrestled with it. And even John Wesley, like you just broke up, you can uh, brought up, you can see them wrestling with these ideas. Right. 
and our and even our current theologians are still wrestling with some of these ideas. What's happening to me is the the church is the body of the church is not progressing and not trying to see you know how can we how can we reach people? How can we? And I think the biggest thing that's missing is the younger generation does not see Christ in the church anymore in in the lives of the believers yeah we're not practicing what we preach and and so like that shows like one of the one of the things i just read it was for the um uh it was for the found it was for one of the entry-level courses the uh the formation of ministry vocation and one of the things we had to read was this outlook 2020 it was this report done by Dr. Gary at Regent, and he was looking at what, you know, what was projected or predicted back in 2011 about where the church was going. And one of the things that shocked me was one of the things that they projected in 2011 was moral failure in the church. Wow. And, and if you look at like over the last couple of years, a lot of pastors are coming out and being called, you know, and like in sex, sexual sin and doing different things, not living true, morally, you know, Christ-like lives. Right. And it's like, they predict, they project that was a prediction. Yeah. Of pastors. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's like, they knew, yeah, it's going to go up. Right. There's going to be more and more of it. And instead of like, being proactive to make that change and that's kind of yeah. where i'm at it's like we as pastors need to stay away from the 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 idea that we're gonna be famous mm. and just why don't we just be just be the light that christ called us to be what paul told us to do and so well and it yes the whole celebrity pastor celebrity culture that we're in is 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 really influencing us and I would say that it goes, um, it, it, the, the role of, of ministry, the role of leadership in ministry, um, leadership in general, uh, mm -hmm. it really engenders, it, 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 it pulls, there's that power and that control, that tug for power and control that pulls at all leaders. And it's, if that leader is not growing in their, their character, their, their, especially as if they're a spiritual leader, they're not growing, um, then they're, and, and they're not developing their character, then they're essentially, you know, declining and, um, and are more susceptible to things. Mm -hmm. So it's in order to be Christ, in order to reflect the image of Christ, we actually have to be growing towards Christ and, and, and in his likeness and actually doing not, not just about doing, but actually, um, taking that, that seriously. Um, so for you, has that been a struggle as you've approached your relationship with Christ, as you've approached your schooling and your really your call to ministry, has that been a struggle to keep that as a focus or has that has that been, have there been any parts that have been natural for you? I think, um, you know, uh, one, one thing I, I have to give you credit for this, but 
And one of the courses that we you taught was spiritual formation. And it and and just the the going through it and understanding how to do these different spiritual formation disciplines and practices, it the amount of growth that I had just in that in that 11 week experiment diving in i went in with complete i i I tried to go into every class without preconceived notion i just go in there and say i'm going to come in as non-biased as possible i'm not i'm just gonna do what's being asked really give it my all and then see the outcome at the end maybe the grade may not be that great but I just want to have the experience of what is going to happen during that. And so going through that class and learning these different techniques, Lectio Divina, which is a great technique that I think every Christian just needs to, I think they need a pastor just to teach. Here's how you read a scripture correctly and really diving into it. And that was fun. And so I started learning and going silence and solitude and then into the, the, uh, the examine, uh, the examine of mm-hmm. uh, prayer oh, of examine, an examine of conscience and right. consciousness. You're at the end of the day, just asking and and looking at your yeah. your day and seeing what God has done for you, it's a greater appreciation. It's an amazing appreciation for it, and I think that's why it my my journey. I I have no question about my faith. I have no question about my my knowledge i have so far mm-hmm. of christ and where i can go and learn and i think that because of my more becoming feeling like i'm becoming more sensitive to the, at least to the holy spirit mm-hmm. and and just uh, being uh, just being a, an open vessel right. to let him work through me right it's amazing how you can go back through and kind of look at your spiritual gifts and how they change and be more fine-tuned to like being more pastoral or shepherding mm-hmm. or like me it was discernment and so it caught me off guard because I'm like hey I'm not that and then I start being able to foretell and prophesy mm-hmm. and, and for people to help bring them hope and experience and and yeah. just allowing them see that there's a light at right. the end of the tunnel then it's like oh this is what they're talking about this is what Sandy Joe is mentioning about these things. And this is why it's like, oh gosh, okay. Now I'm diving in. And it's so it's to me, it's like it opens a greater passion to to where it's like I'm telling my pastor, you guys need to do more spiritual formation teaching and actually really help your 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 congregation get to know Christ. Yeah. And they don't have to become pastors, but then I have to become ministry workers, but at least understand that they can make a difference just by their own action. And I think that's what the church is missing is mm. pastors just want people in the pulpit, but our goal is to send people out. Like when that's Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Right. And so we have to do that in some, in some way, shape or form, whether it's feeding your own community or, we're actually going to India, which I don't I, want to. Uh, I was going to say, why did that pop into your mind? Do you feel a calling and a leading to India? <laughs> no, 
God's like, I just want you to stay, just stay where you're at right now. <laughs> All right. That's you're like you- it. You're like a kid in a candy store. I feel like every class you come to me, you're so excited about what you're learning. Yeah. And literally every class, although you haven't had to take math, uh, thankfully you may have to, uh, you may get to avoid that, but every class it's like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm learning this. And I'm, and I'm writing a paper about this. And you truly, I mean, even the, you know, the general ed courses that you're having to take, like you really are soaking it up as if you, as if it really matters, as if it really is, is going to make a difference. And I love that. I love your, your desire for that, that learning. It's as if you have been uh, thirsty for it, like your whole life. You've just been waiting. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, God had told me, I, I just remember in prayer time, just feeling that, that like that urge behind me just to say, don't rush, mm. take it, take it at, you know, but really get to know it because I want you to ask these questions to really get to know it and hopefully do as I called you to do. And that is like to go out and shepherd people, to go out and teach people. Um, you know, I, those are the two things I would love to do is to teach and to, and to be a pastor, but also, you know, being able to work in the other gifts, being able to really kind of, you know, I want to, I want to come to the, to the day of judgment and God say, good job, bud. (laughs) (laughs) And not the, oh, it's something about the trusty faithful servant or something like that. (laughs) It'd be more like, attaboy, get in here. (laughs) Cause I still, I still think that I tell people all the time what's god's voice sound like you're like well to me it's a sarcastic man really just tell me every time i mess up you messed up this time <laughs> but then it's like you did it attaboy matt you did Attaboy. great job bud <laughs> you go. yeah in st peter's you know doing whatever you know but <laughs> you know as you look ahead to to your ministry calling what do you what do you feel like it looks like from here you know, so far from what it looks like, I think, um, I'm, well, one, I'm really going to take the experiences that are coming up. I get it. I get an opportunity to really volunteer and dive in to um, some positions at church. So I'm really going to take that and see how I can really kind of grow um, there. But the, the end goal is, you know, I think it's all kind of working together. So coming down to the ministry that I want to start is, is it going to be a para, a parachurch type ministry? I want to be able to partner with churches and really kind of be a, um, I want to start a foster care, you know, a children um, safe haven, really kind of help children in impoverished areas and foster that. care really kind of dive in and just create an army to take over the world. Um, (laughs) That sounds ominous. Oh, I mean, I mean, to really just, I know in all seriousness, I want to be able to be a beacon of hope in in children's lives that Mm. don't have it. 
and I know when uh, when I was a foster parent that these kids have no hope. They're scared. They're they're they sometimes don't know where their next move feel um meal is going to come from. A lot of times they don't even know if where the next bed or if they're going to be sleeping in a bed or sleeping on the couch or anything. So they're they're scared and. I just want to be that one that that one place that they feel, man, this guy's I like this. I'm, I feel like there is love in this world. Yeah. And so that's all I want to do. And 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 then obviously with that will take a lot of meetings and possible, you know, sermon experiences and, and sharing my my testimony with lots of people. And and I think that's what God is preparing me to do. Um Maybe one day I'll plant a church. Uh, I do want to do an online church. I do want to do an online group, um, being able to do online sermons and share, uh, just share with as much people as possible, kind of creating a, a group of pastors that want to kind of jump on board and, and do that. So there's that's also been nagging at my heart. God just keeps putting things in there and I keep going, you know, you asked me to do this. But no, you can just mold it together. And that's why I think God, my favorite, okay. My favorite thing is I, I joke about it all the time because they say, God doesn't give you more than what you can handle. And I say, that's a lie. <laughs> God loves to challenge you and push you and really kind of make you grow. That's right. You know, we're, we're just clay on his pottering wheel. And mm, I love that. I, I have forgotten that you, you were a foster parent for how long? Uh, three years. Wow. I truly are an old soul in a, well, an aging body apparently, but, um, but all, all of that, all that you've experienced, it's just in preparation for the next, for the next stage, for the next leg of your journey. Um, and I just love, I love to see how, how open you are and how just, again, you just hungry and, and thirsty for all that God has. And you're just soaking it up. Um, any final thoughts or reflections? Uh, final thoughts or reflections. Uh, yeah. I mean, final thoughts are just always, uh, that's the thing. Always stay hungry. Always be willing to learn. You don't have to dive into theology and learn. You don't have to do that, but always be willing to learn because you're never going to be a, uh, you're, you're, someone's always going to know something that is going to be a different than you. And if you're not willing to learn, you're going to get left behind in a lot of cases. So always be willing to learn, be a sponge for information. Um, and, uh, check your sources. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is for me. I, I, when I listen back to this, make sure you check your sources. <laughs> no, uh, I say that because you know the internet is not to be a trustworthy place. So, but like I said, always be a sponge for knowledge and and be excited to learn because there's a lot. We're not dead yet. <laughs> Sometimes feel like it, but yeah, awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being on, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, have just a lot of respect for you and, and just, again, excited about you, um, excited about all that God is, is doing in your life. Well, thank you to all of you for, for listening for this latest episode of the Nefesh podcast with Matt Reville, and we will talk with you next time.